What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess, the Total Package, Craig, Joe, and Cuz are off this week, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Jess, can you feed me the dang topic? Uh, we are going to do uh, a derivative of Does It Hold Up? Um, does It Hold Up? I usually would like to use big marquee matches, Hogan versus Rock, WrestleMania 18. Uh, what else have we done? I don't remember. We've done others. We've done, <laughs> done a uh, Hogan Warrior, I think WrestleMania 6, we did, yeah, we did big Hogan marquee Warrior. matches. And you go back and you watch and you're like, was it just nostalgia that we remember that match fondly for? Or can we rewatch it right now and be like, that was still awesome. This one I want to use in the same vein, but I kind of feel like this one's more of a hidden gem. And You I forget kinda, about this one. I think people forgot that this match happened. Uh, a lot. We were doing uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jonathan Michaels from <laughs> Kingeth of the Ring, 1997. So a year after we got the Austin 316 shit dropped on us. Uh, by shit, I mean awesome stuff. That's crazy. Um, we got this match where... Uh, we're going to talk about where both these characters were in the storylines here at the time, what their careers were like. Uh, it was kind of the tweener spot for Austin. It was really right before he erupted, erupted. Um, it was after WrestleMania 13, but before he was unfortunately dropped on his head, uh, which really caused him to rocket even higher into the stratosphere as far as popularity was concerned. Shawn Michaels hadn't formed DX yet here. It was right on the cusp of happening. Not quite yet. Uh, he lost his smile. He found it. Thank God. He put it back on, uh, and then he let everybody know, I have found said smile, so it's cool. You can all stop looking. And we did. We stopped looking because for a while, we were like, fuck, where, where is that shit? And, uh, but we found it, and he found it, and everything was He's good. He's such a good man. Here. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah so this is a, a rare singles gem. Everybody remembers the WrestleMania 14 match because that, uh, as Jim Ross so poetically said, the Austin era has begun, and it really did. But uh, as we discussed before we hit record, Michaels went away right after for four and a half years yeah, and didn't wrestle again until SummerSlam of 02 against his best buddy, Triple H. But uh, WrestleMania 14, he just left. He passed the torch and took off. And uh, both Austin and Sean were like, man, I wish we could have that one back because, uh, you know, it was WrestleMania and it was the, the crowning of Austin. And Austin to this day is like, it was not the best match we could have put forward. We were both injured. Sean was really injured in a mental place. He was bad, you know, bad yeah. mentally. And, uh, and Austin was too. just yeah. hurt. Austin was hurt, you know, since he got, he was hurt before, but after he got dropped on his head, he never was really the same after that, but they had to keep riding the lightning bolt. So this match happened before all that madness and people forget that Austin and uh, uh, I think people forget about this match more than they forget about Brett and Austin from Survivor Series. Everybody yeah. remembers Brett and Austin from Mania 13. Of course, it's the most famous, one of the most greatest WrestleMania matches ever. Um, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen as far as drama and, and action. But uh, everybody forgets the Brett versus Austin. But I think this match that we're going to cover right now is forgotten even more. I think, I think people so will be like, they did? They did? Yeah. Each other? 
thing? I think they a lot of people would, would think. Yeah. Huh? Uh, for audio fans, Sean give us a listen. How do you say their name? Steve Aston? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Steve Aston? For audio fans, give us a listen. Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you do us a solid and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. One of the biggest things that's kind of funny that people, I think, forget in itself is that they are – they're tag team champions here together. Yeah. Coming into this on uh, the May 26th episode of Monday Night Raw, Austin and Michaels, unlikely tag team partners, they were kind of pushed together. And Austin was going through the whole like, I don't trust anybody. I don't fucking want to. And then somehow <laughs> Michaels, who, again, he thank God found his smile. And he was actually re-debuting. I don't remember when he lost the smile. I think it was in February of 97 is when he lost it. And then he found it. He looked through a bag that he hadn't gone through in a long time. And he's like, oh, fuck, there it is. And then he found it. And then in May, uh, he made his return on the twenty uh, May 26th episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, the storyline pushed him out of nowhere. He made his surprise return. Austin had was looking for a partner uh, to take on the, the current champions, Owen Hart and British Bulldog. And they did, and they won the goddamn titles that night. However, after the title win, Austin... <laughs> There was a really famous fucking scene. This is brilliant. Uh, so the Heart Foundation had kind of just been formed here, the Evil Heart Foundation. Yeah. And Brett was legitly recovering from knee surgery, so he was being pushed around on a wheelchair by Jim Neihart everywhere. <laughs> and so <laughs> Jim Neihart ran crazy. down to the ring to try to interfere, and then Austin and, and Austin and uh, Sean ended up beating uh, uh, Bulldog in the middle of the ring for the title. And then they were Owen started attacking Sean and all that stuff afterwards. And they all were jumping on Shawn Michaels. So Austin rolls outside the ring because he didn't really want to be Michael's partner anyway. He grabs both tag belts and looks up at the ramp and he's like, son of a bitch. And Brett was sitting all by himself <laughs> going, don't, don't. And then he runs up the ramp and fucking tackles Brett. It was a great moment. So uh, That's awesome. uh Austin didn't try to help his partner. He went to fight Brett, and Michaels was beaten down like the whole time by the rest of the Heart Foundation, which created automatic jealousy and animosity between them from the beginning. Uh, on the June 2nd episode of Raw is War, Austin and Michaels began fighting with each other during a title defense against LOD, Hawk, and Animal, which led to this match at King of the Ring 1997. World Tag Team Champion versus World Tag Team Champion. Not part of the tournament, not the main event, just a match. A partner, they want to fight. I'll go back there, I'll find myself a partner, and next week, I'll come out and clean some house. You ain't cleaning nothing up at the toilet. I don't need you, sorry ass. What I'm gonna do, because Gorilla Monsoon says I have to, in this type of federation, I'll find some piece of crap that weighs 75 pounds, or he might be 75 years old, but the bottom line is, it ain't gonna be you in my corner, because I don't need nobody in my corner. We kind of started to talk about this, too. The journey of Austin coming into this match. He wins the King of the Ring one year earlier in 1996. The WWF, even though he, he gave that legendary promo, we've talked about revisionist history, right? Sure. If you listen to the WWE documentaries and all that stuff or whatever, it's he cut the Austin 316 promo, and then he wins the world title and we're off to the races. That's not the way it happened. That is not uh, You know, as a matter of fact, the first, I've often said this, the very first pay-per-view after the King of the Ring 96 was SummerSlam, uh, or the first big one for Austin, I should say, was SummerSlam in August of that year. And uh, he was on the free-for-all, the pre-show against Yokozuna right after he gave. So they had no idea what to do with Austin. They were really, they didn't know what to do with this tweener. He was stunning 
good guys. He was stunning bad guys. He was stunning refs. He was stunning announcers. They didn't really know what to do with him at all. They couldn't. Vince is like, well, he's a heel. But the crowd, 50% of the crowd would cheer for him like he was a face. So he'd get a mixed reaction uh, every time he went out there, which is not what they wanted from a heel at the time. So Vince and them had, they'd never been on this, this, this territory before they'd never been they never had a guy that was so polarizing that like people oh shit like we're pushing him hard as a heel but he's actually getting major crowd every time he does something dastardly or flips somebody off or stuns someone that really was just admiring the the sunset he would just come and stun him and people were like what and cheering it and they loved it uh but you know 10 years earlier they would have booed him you know, so wrestling was changing. The atmosphere was changing. On the other channel, the NWO was on fire in '97. Yeah. They were cool heels that were getting face reactions. So that, of course, WWF audience was seeing that, and they were like, "We want that as well." And to Sean's credit, before Hall Nash left for WCW, those three—Hall Nash and uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H, the fourth guy—were pushing Vince in the back, going, "We got to get a little bit more edgier. We got to." We're, we're too bubblegum. We're too 80s. We're too good guy, yeah. bad guy. We're too... So Sean was pushing that for a long time. And then uh, after him coming back here, uh, he walks right into this guy named Steve Austin just coming off WrestleMania 13, just the double switch, where he was kind of a face in our eyes, but Vince still didn't know what to do with them even here. It's like, yeah, we we, we turned Brett heel and made this guy a face, but like we... we we got to book him as this piece of shit who's flipping people off and stunning people or whatever. And so they were learning how to book Austin here. We're really seeing, we're going to talk about this match. This time period was them trying to figure out the Austin character, what it meant. You know, he, he had a shining moment at Royal Rumble 97 where he was actually the MVP. That's the famous thing where he sat on the top rope and pretended to look at his watch. Yeah. And everyone so fucking popped. And that's yeah. another famous scene. Then he goes into WrestleMania 13, as we just talked about, and they still didn't really know what to do with him after that. And then you have Shawn Michaels. He has a very different road that he took. Since the barbershop segment, um, Shawn Michaels was Vince knew what he wanted to do with Michaels. He yeah. he wanted to be him to be a featured heel. He wanted him to be to be brass, athletic, arrogant. That's all Vince saw him as. And along the way, Vince realized that Michaels is a face. People are cheering him. They like his performances. They like his acrobatics. Yeah, and then especially the girls loved him too. So after WrestleMania 11, when he took on Diesel, Vince saw him in a whole new light. He saw him as a face, so he started pushing him as a face. Uh, after winning the WWF title in 1996, after kind of being out for a while with a head injury and some situation with Marines, um, yeah, <laughs> he uh, he won the world title. But then they they kind of uh, so his uh, when he won the world title, he did his best work. The match against Mankind at at, at Mind Games was fucking phenomenal. Like the match against Diesel at uh, 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 Good Friends Better Enemies, amazing. Like Michaels was just hitting a home run. Even his match with Vader, as much controversy surrounded it, SummerSlam '96 was great. Um, he just did everything. His match with Sid at Survivor Series, even though losing the title, was a great match. He carried Sid to a good match. Michaels was never better than 96, but his character was getting lost because in the back, he was pushing Vince to be edgy, but on screen, Vince is like, nope, I need you with Jose Lothario. I need you bubblegum. I need you, you know, you're the... the, I, the say, I need, I need you with the Special Olympics kid in the ring. So, yeah, so people started yeah. booing Michaels at the end of 96, which really affected his title run, and I think got into Michael's head. So now you fast forward, he loses his smile, he finds it, he did not participate in WrestleMania 13, he just commentated. He comes back here, he gets thrown right in with this other guy who's hot, but they don't know what to do with, and Steve Austin. Brett's the heel now, 
totally yeah. different world. And now I think I think both uh, Michaels and Austin joined here uh, for this match when literally both their characters Michaels was struggling to reinvent himself, and they were struggling just to invent they were, what they is were just a stone thrown together. Yeah. yeah, what is a Stone Cold? What is this character? We don't know. So I find it really weird. I think they both were similar here. They both were looking to connect with the 1997 audience. Find the way and write the way. Yeah. Um, so in, in, yeah, back to King of the Ring, we're, we're talking about uh, it was June 8th of 97 in Providence, Rhode Island, in the Providence Civic Center. So over 13,000 people there. It's kind of a decent crowd. It's uh, a more than decent crowd. Yeah. Uh, under, I think Undertaker's on top here, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And. Uh, I'll run down the the card real quick before yeah, we go talk about it, uh, this yeah. match. Uh, the uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated Ahmed Johnson in the in the semifinal match of the King of the Ring tournament. Seven minutes forty two seconds pinned him. Fucking China interferes. He pedigrees him and pins him. So the the Ahmed Johnson romance is over. Uh, Mankind yeah. defeated Jerry Lawler in a weird match with the mandible claw. Ten minutes twenty four seconds. Gold Dust in a non tournament match defeated Crush for no reason. Uh, then the Hart Foundation, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, and the British Bulldog in a six-man tag defeated the Legion of Doom and Psycho Sid, which I forgot that they even teamed. Psycho Sid and LOD was kind of a badass uh, team. Uh, yeah. Owen would roll up Sid and pin him here, 13 minutes. Uh, Hunter Hosemsley would win the finals of the King of the Ring and be crowned the 1997 King of the Ring by defeating Mankind, 19 minutes, 26 seconds in the finals. And then we have this match, which we're going to talk about. Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin ended in a double disqualification. Tag team champion versus tag team champion. 22 minutes this match. Longest was. longest match on the card. And then the main event saw The Undertaker defend his uh, WWF championship against Farouk in 13 minutes and 44 seconds. Very weird main event uh, mm -hmm. to end it. However, they just put the title on Undertaker, I think, to figure out the rest of the card. And then we all know later Survivor Series 90, or sorry, excuse me, SummerSlam 97, uh, Brett would defeat Undertaker to win his fifth and final WWF championship. Sean was the special guest referee in one of the greatest pay-per-view finishes I've ever seen to this day. Amazing. Just an amazing ending sequence in that match. Got to be and a top match. And we're, we're coming up on the Montreal Screwjob pretty, pretty quick I yeah it's too. all about to change here i mean we are unfortunately changing. owen is going to drop austin on his head which is going to make the crowd want him even more because now the mr mcmahon character is going to be forced to be flushed out by the end of 97 yep. so this was right before all that this match here king of the ring sean yeah versus it was Max. all about to really to, to literally explode you know within so the I realm did my of... best to to set the stage here uh yeah so you watched the match happening. what did you uh think of the match oh man i mean there's there's so much to go about it um the thing that the thing that I think people forget about Stone Cold and Michaels really brings it out in him is that he he can work and be snug at the same time. Um, even even the standard you know hip tosses, arm drags, drop toe holds were really snug. Um, you know, even weird weird snares you don't normally see. And and some of the stuff. I mean, and personally, I, I love the match except for the finish. I'm not a fan of the you know me. I'm not a fan of DQs on a pay per view. I don't I don't like that. But I but in this case, I, I kind of get it because they're. It just continues the animosity between them as champions, and I know they're trying to carry some kind of storyline out of it. But um, I really liked the match. I liked everything about it. It was fast-paced. It stopped when it needed to. They took breathers a little bit differently. They didn't do too many wear down holds. They would just go to the outside and kind of, you know, regain composure, jump back in. Um, I, I, I think, like I said before, people forget how talented and technical Stone Cold Steve Austin is. He's incredible, and he can be a brawler when he needs to, and that's kind of what his character. And we talked about it too. This was before he had his unfortunate accident against Owen. He so was so he good. Was still, 
Yeah, he still had the stunning Steve-esque quality about him. His movements, yeah. his wrestling, everything. was. He also, different. both guys are in phenomenal shape. I think Stone Cold is probably in the best shape of his life here. Like, he looks... He looks really good. He's not. He's not uh, like he's not chubby. He's not chunky. He's just he's fairly cut. They don't not. They don't like each other, but they make one hell of a tag team. I think the best tag team in the world today. Anywhere you want to look, it's a first on pay per view, ladies and gentlemen. Two tag team champions against each other. Michaels is is just an absolute, you know. Just, Michael's a great just shredded, you know, uh, for, for what for what little man that he is, right? But um the the crowd's going crazy. I, I told Jess earlier some of the things that were that kind of stood out to me is that Michaels is getting completely just adored and loved and you know has his like I said, has the special um Special Olympics support there that gives him even more sympathy. He's taking roses from the crowd. People are pulling him into the crowd and trying to get a hold of him. Like he's beloved. The girls, oh my God, the little girls yeah. loved him. Yeah. And um, it was just a different crowd. And it was just so interesting to see because we know what was really happening now. In this the is that famous too. Yeah. A lot of people forget there's a, they've showed this clip before, but I don't think you realize what match this is from. It's, yeah, this special needs. Uh, I don't know if they designed it for him to get over the guardrail, but he jumped the guardrail. Because yeah. he was so pissed at Stone Cold. And Michaels was really, it was a really cool moment. He walked over and kind of told security, like, get away from him. You know, I got him. You know, and then, like, he kind of walked him down the aisle. The mom ended up jumping the guardrail and taking yeah. him. And Michaels almost walked him back to the entrance uh, way. He got pretty far. And then, and then Stone Cold kind of stopped for a second, too. At first, Stone Cold was getting hot and heavy with the kid right there. Probably didn't yeah. notice it. But when he did, he stopped. And he's like, okay, something's not quite right here. And Michaels is now helping that gentleman. Out. Look at this. If you're wondering how that little fella got inside the railing, I think he fell over the railing. And obviously he's a big Shawn Michaels fan. And Shawn has come over to protect him, and here comes the gentleman's uh, anything, anything can happen when it's live. And we're as live as live can be. And I didn't know if it was kayfabe or not, but that kid was like entranced with Michael. Yeah, I don't know if they How if they designed you, right? it or not, but it was a, it was a good I moment for Michaels too. And Michaels was pretty cool to do that. I mean, if it was scripted, yeah. fuck Michaels, but yeah, <laughs> because right, he was told right. to do it, take it. He was told to do it. But if he kids. but if uh, he didn't, I think Michaels. It seemed like he was genuine, and he went over with that kid. He's like, whoa, 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 yeah. Talk to let's, him. Let's and just take say, care hey, of man, come on, man. Yeah, we're good. So that was pretty cool of Michaels to do. I don't know uh, if you noticed, but, but someone's getting thrown into the entryway, and the kid was grabbing it and throwing it back. Like he was getting into yeah, it. Yeah, he he's all mad. He got mad too. He's getting pissed yeah, off. Yeah, I was like, man, man, sign this kid up. Get him a contract. Let's go. Um, but then you should have Michael's manager. Yeah, yeah, you could. They could. They could. Have kept him in the corner the whole night. Yeah, crowd would have gone nuts. But Stone Cold is but, getting uh, yeah, hit. Uh, he's got a ton of heat. It's just a different. Everything's they, different. They, they started out. Here. Yeah, they started out super slow. My, yeah, Sean was uh, uh, Sean was absolutely wrestling as a face. Austin as a heel. Yeah. Even yep. though the crowd, it was 50-50 because the crowd loved Austin too. But all the male crowd, you could hear them, ah, like the guttural cheer. was, a, And then Michaels, and he would do a move, would be, yeah, like you hear all that in there. So it was amazingly split. What I, uh, I think I can equate this bit. So there's a legend with these two that after Michaels won the title at WrestleMania, Brett went away right away for a, a, a planned break. So Michaels didn't really have a, a, an immediate opponent. He ended up getting put with Nash on the next pay-per-view. But on the house shows, it was Austin, who had just changed his name to Stone Cold. And he just he was on a television feud with Savio Vega. So, But they did a lot of house show loops together. And everybody said, legend has it, 
that Sean and Austin tore the house down every night that they went out there. And oh, that's where it. Vince started getting like, hey, no matter what we do with this Austin guy, like he's really good and we need to work him into plans. This is before King of the Ring. This was right after Michael's won in like March or April yeah. of 96. So that was a legend. When I watched this match, I was like, man, if you never saw those matches, I guarantee you, except for the ending, this yep. match was the match that they wrestled at the house shows. Um, so in a weird way, this match is definitely worth watching just for the fact that if you heard the story that I just told you about how Austin instantly gained credibility in the locker room when right after they crowned Shawn Michaels, Brett goes away. Vince is like, before we kind of hook him up with Nash at the, at the pay-per-view, we need a house show. Awesome. It's yeah. not going to, yeah, let's just throw Austin in there and see what Austin can do with him. And they both tore the house down. And uh, Austin said all the time, he's like, man, we, nobody ever saw that except for the crowds that were there live. Nothing was televised, but we went out there and we tore the house down. And uh, so I'm imagining that this match was that match. They probably said to each other, like, and I'm obviously just guessing, they probably just said, let's just do the house show match it, it's, with the ending. You know, it's going to be sure, sure. A, a small change of finish. That's it. The, the storyline is they're both tag champions. They can't get along, blah, blah, blah. So they had to push the storyline. But I think that this match was probably, if you were fortunate enough, it was a handful loop. of cities, you got to see this match in the house shows that this was that match. I have a funny feeling that this was the match also. They, can you imagine? If neither guy got hurt and Michaels wasn't in the state that he was in at WrestleMania 14 and Austin was in better shape, that they would have had a better match than this at Mania 14. You bet your ass if they were both healthy. As good as this match was, which, by the way, not that anybody cares, but I'm going to say it. Dave Meltzer gave this match a four stars. And this is a four-star match with two tag champions in the middle of the card. With, not without, a a, without a real finish, in a sense. Without a real finish. You know, just kind of like just advancing a story. A raw Carrying story, a story like, that I agree. You know, whatever. He I didn't even realize he gave him four stars. Wow. Now, going for some sweet chin music. That was Michael. There's a star. Stone Cold Star. Austin did it. Austin did it. Austin did it. It's over. It's over. The referee is nowhere in sight. Stone Cold inadvertently running into the official now. And that's a great rating, honestly. I mean, if we had to give it our the ODBP grade of the letter grade, I would say this match is a solid B or B plus. And I mean, that I, I think that's where I put it too. Yeah. You know, maybe if you had a more respect, if it was for a singles title or it had a better ending, I would go in the A category because this match was really good. It did start slow. And then they had the special needs kid come in there, and that kind of added to the drama in the beginning. But it did start slow. But once they really started going, especially towards the end, the last like six or seven minutes was holy shit. Austin had the match won. Oh no! Oh no, my God! Austin just stuttered. He just stole Austin. The referee's down. Austin is down. Michaels has the cover. And here comes another referee. Who goes over to check on the first referee? Meanwhile, Michaels had Stone Cold covered. Everything it's they did. Hot. The crowd was up. The crowd, the announcers were shitting their pants. Vince, I think, died eight times like during <laughs> it. And like it was just all, it was so good. It was just. You talk so, about the announcers, and, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's that's part of why I think the match is so good because we've got, we've got the greatest announcer in the world at this moment in Ross. Uh, really. Taking care of the match. Yeah, was Ross was there with him. That's right. Yeah, so Ross is there and he, basically he, schooling Vince and showing Vince how the fuck how, to how you should be running how to match. handle a big boy match. 
Yeah, and the biggest thing about it too, like there was a, there was a moment that I caught. I don't know if it was a botch or not, but it's where where Sean kind of goes to to catch almost like a crossbody on Austin, but he gets missed and he flies out of the ring and it looks like he just missed. Like they just messed. They just missed. Looks like a botch. And JR just whether it was planned or not, I don't think it was, and he just played it off perfectly. Like, wow, look at that! Austin just made a miss and, and carried his momentum to the outside of the ring. Now Austin's fully in control, and I was like, he just just called it like it was supposed to happen, and that's what Ross, Jim Ross really is, did. Jim Ross is goddamn fabulous. That's why. Yeah, and so that adds to it. So even botches probably aren't even botches that we would catch because Ross is just nailing it. There's so much to carrying a match in the way you. The way you portray it, the way you picture it, and the way you announce it, the way you tell the story, that makes the match better. And if you don't have that, the match won't be as good as we intended it to be. The referee has disqualified both men, ruling this bout a double disqualification. Both men are losers. Look out! Malcolm's trying to cheap shot his own partner. Austin did. I'm sorry. Now they're going to beat each other with their own championship belts. Unless you hear silence, if you're in the crowd, that match was great. But then you hear crappy announcement over it, it will wreck the entire grade of the match, in my opinion. And you've got the best person in the world calling this, who also loves Austin. You know, come on. Well, and you got to think, too, this is tag champion versus tag champion. It's not an yeah. easy story to tell. No. Because we know that this is not going to be the final chapter because they're still tag champs. So we know that. And so be a it ended somewhere. in DQ. Okay, like it's a pay-per-view. If it was for a single title, I'd be angry. If it was the main event, I'd be a little angry that it ended in a DQ. But for the the semi-main for, event, right before the main event, um, I was fine with it. I was like, you know, man, yeah. I I really feel bad. I wish their mania match, they were both in better headspaces in Michaels' case, and they were both better physical. Well, better, better, better physical shape. Austin turned his back on Michaels and says, No, you go ahead. Neither men trust the other one. Well, they're leaving together. Nonetheless. And that's kind of surprising in itself. If anything has been learned here tonight, I think both men respect each other. They're not uh, physical shapes. Even bad. though they, I, they we were reviewed injured. that match, too, we did a, a retro review of WrestleMania 14, and I actually liked the Stone Cold and Shawn match uh, there. I thought, again, because they were injured, they had to brawl a lot more and make it a little bit more gritty, and I enjoyed that part of it. I but think here, and I think every movement is so much more deliberate when you have to be – you have to kind of take care of yourself in there. Um, yeah, he, and here uh, – and there was so much goddamn fucking baby powder on that side of the ring on that match from <laughs> China throwing an entire <laughs> bag of flour. Like you can't, you can't get Sergeant Slaughter that up. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, this match. If you want to watch these guys, the reason why it's a hidden gem, and we're not going to go long winded on this. The reason why it's a hidden gem because if you want to watch them, uh, if you want to see what their house show from '96, that legendary story. If you want to see what the house show match probably looked like, I again, I really yeah. believe that this is the Minus match you the should finish. watch. Yeah, and then if you want to see how much better their Mania 14 match should have been, and they both wanted it to be, by the way. They both it would, it would, you would, you would see a smidgen of that here. You would see a smidgen of that in this match as well to be like, holy shit, if this got four stars, their Mania match would have been four and a half, maybe even five stars, like in, in when it was all yeah. said and done. So I uh, 
I just feel that this is a, a hidden gem that you guys should go out of your way to watch. I, I know we didn't say we were going to grade it or anything like that because it it's kind of like doesn't hold up or whatever, but it's not it's not it appropriate. It absolutely does, by the way, if we haven't said that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a part of that, but I mean, yeah, I, I like I said, if I had to give it a grade, I give it a solid B B plus, and that's with a green arrow next to it because like it wasn't an A because of the finish, and it wasn't really because of a you know a part of a main storyline. They're just However, moving a storyline along. Yeah, like uh, this is a pretty fantastic match. I think everybody should go out of their way to you want to you want to see. That. Good technical wrestling. You want to see good ring psychology. You want to see standard face versus heel, even though the crowd was fighting it the whole time. Uh, watch yeah. this match, and uh, like you said, this there, it goes over twenty two minutes. It's the longest match on the card, and that's for a gosh darn reason because these are the right now currently um, people that can wrestle because Brett's injured. These are the two best wrestlers in WWF at this moment. And they're not even on top of the card. Like when you talk about technical wrestling, right? So and that yeah. psychology piece, they're the best. They're they're the and best. Like you said, Brett was injured here. He was trying to rehab yeah, himself. Because Brett would have been right there with them, and you'd have to argue who are the top two or whatever. You know, it's all you talk, talk about Rushmore, or whatever. But talk about people who are able to wrestle at this moment. These are the two best people, and that's why they got the most time because they had to carry the pay per view, and they're freaking tag champs together. It's it's such yeah. a weird thing, but the match is technically amazing. Uh, you got to check it out. Good stuff. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. For Jess, this is Dave with the OWP signing off. Missing the rest of you guys. Have a good one. I'm not. Doesn't distort me, I don't want to do cows Do you got the name, this world is rotten, baby